Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with myself, Joe Oberly, Senior Writer at Vikings Territory and ProBTSD.com. Joined weekly by our co-host, Mark Craig, uh, NFL Insider from the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. And Mark, it's, it's like a second draft day for the Minnesota Vikings in 2022. I mean, uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Uh, on draft day, went bananas, as far as I can tell. With uh, well, he cut all the people down he had to uh, to a fifty three man roster, and then he started making trades and doing things and going crazy. And uh, uh, so, there are all kinds of new names to to deal with, and it's unfortunate. I just learned how to correctly spell Amir Smith Marset. But uh, Mark, any uh, uh, overarching thoughts before we launch into these trades uh, one by one and go through them? Well, it looks to me like he got rid of all of Rick Spielman's young underachievers and he took on a bunch of a couple other under young underachievers from uh, Philadelphia, Houston. So um, we'll see how he does, but it you know, uh, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps making moves. I mean, I, I, you're talking about a young GM, an analytics guy, first time through. We saw in the draft that he was very active. You know, um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be – I, I don't want to say it's over analysis because I'm still waiting for these guys to have the track record that we can point to. Uh, they could be the smartest people in the room or they could be just overanalyzing things. So, and we don't um, know yet, huh? We don't know yet. So, but I do know. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the quarterbacks. But um, you know, bringing in Nick Mullins, people have said that that's a you know was a brilliant move and all this stuff. I would have been uh, not maybe not brilliant, but a good move. I would have been impressed if that move was made in in the spring, so that when you're 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 a week away from your opener and your backup quarterback isn't up to speed enough to even play in a preseason game, uh, and he's having to be babysat and taught the system like less than two weeks from the start of the season. You know, I'm not on board with that. So and it's not like well, Mark. Yeah. Don't you think they should do their due diligence with these two guys before they cut them loose. Man. Well, when you got a Nick a Nick Mullins caliber player could have been acquired back in, uh, you know, like whenever the Raiders, you know, back in that time period in the spring, and you all you could have been doing due diligence with all three of them, all four of them. Um, you know, Cousins obviously was a starter, but you could have been looking at three guys instead of just the two guys. It's not like those two guys, there was any kind of, uh, I mean, th- they obviously came in and thought they saw something that, that, that Zimmer and all his people and all of us and every in the whole world didn't see uh, with, you know, Sean Mannion is who he is. He, he showed that in Green Bay. He's not going to, that's who he is. Kellen Mond uh, was not going to be ready to be your backup. Uh, so you you probably should have been thinking about having a third guy compete as opposed to bringing him in in the middle of August. I'll agree with that to a point because you also need a, a willing trade partner, and maybe they were thinking that, and nobody's going to, you know, I mean, the Raiders probably don't want to get rid of Nick Mullins until they know that uh, whoever yeah. the guy that jumped ahead of him is good enough to, to be their guy. Then he becomes available maybe after uh, uh, OTAs and, and a camp. And I as you get closer, said, I said Nick Mullins caliber player. Nick Mullins right, is anybody, a anything. is a well, but I'm saying that those guys were available. There are they are available that you know that you to be found not in a trade. You don't have to wait for Nick Mullins. You don't think you have to wait to trade at, at 
in August to get him. Uh, it, it, Nick Mullins isn't anything that special, but Nick Mullins is a guy that, you know, that type of player to put in the mix to, to ha- you know, I'm just saying that it, they had to, they had to do what they had to do because those guys were not capable of right. being, neither one of them were capable of being a backup. And, the, you know, uh, to me, like Mon would have been a guy you sneak onto your, you put on your practice squad and work with him, but you know, the Browns claimed him. So, uh, to me, it's just, it was a lot of wasted time on two guys that you had to, you should have known were long shots to be a backup. Uh, they just better hope that Kirk Cousins doesn't go. Kirk Cousins get hurt, gets hurt early you know, on the first game. That's that's an embarrassing situation to have a, your backup be a guy who you just signed. Uh, your only other quarterback would be a guy you just signed. Uh, that's That's, you know, hopefully Kirk Cousins doesn't put them in that position. But if they, if it happens that if that happens that way, then that's a really bad start for this. Well, you know, all they have to do right now then is trade uh, uh, Adam Thielen uh, for uh, another backup quarterback because Adam Thielen is expendable now that the Vikings traded for Jalen Rieger, the guy who who was picked one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson in in the 2020 draft. Oh my God, I'm so underwhelmed by that. For a seventh and a, and a conditional fourth rounder, that was the third uh, dra- uh, trade that happened today. And uh, now they got six six receivers in that uh, receiver room, and they have this little uneasy. I actually, it's five silks they got rid of. Five, right. Uh, and they got this. It should be interesting in that draft in that wide receiver room because. You know, you got the little tension there between Rieger and and Justin Jefferson, who, who got picked later, and got and has blown uh, Jalen Rieger out of the water. I'm not impressed with the guy's stats. What do you think of that trade, and and what do you think of Rieger? Well, you know, Rieger is what uh, I mean. Justin Jefferson is a guy that's going to in a, in, a, in two years or a year and a half or whatever it is is going to be the highest paid receiver in NFL history, probably if he keeps trending that way. The other guy was picked one spot ahead. He was actually one of the the last feathers in uh, Spielman's cap was that the fact that, or, or I shouldn't say they, that they took him. I mean, he got taken ahead of where, where Spielman took him. Uh, but, you know, the, the Eagles were, you know, we were championing the Eagles, no, you know, three years ago as Super Bowl champions and making all the right moves. And then they, they blow a pick like that. So it happens to everybody. Yeah. Uh, cl- clearly. I mean, if you're, if you're at that, that guy's age, you know, he's only got three touchdowns in two years. He's got like 60 catches in two years. Um, there's an example of what you can do in the first round, whether you're, you know, separated by one pick, one guy is a, as an yeah. all pro type player. The other guy is a, is, I wouldn't necessarily say a bust yet because he's still young, but when, when you're throwing him away two years later, um, you know, I, I, I guess that's, that's a fine that, that, that if for, you don't, you didn't give up much for him. I mean, the conditional fourth rounder, would be only if he really contributes. So I guess that would be a wash. That would be kind of a good move. But, um, you know, again, it's an example. If you take a look at it, Amir Smith-Marset, um, he makes your roster, and then all of a sudden you just shuffle things and you, you bring this other guy in. Um, I, I just question about whether – because I don't at this point I don't see Rieger being any better than Amir Smith-Marset. No, no. And to me it's like are, are they making moves to make moves because – you know, they're just so excited to be like, just come constantly. Hey, I'm in charge of the roster. 
hope not, yeah. Mark. So, I mean, uh, that's what I would ask. I would think they are. I, I, you know, that. I mean, you sit back here, and uh, you know, we were just talking with Mike, our producer, offhand. He was saying, "Yeah, I hope they're not." You know, I hope they know something we don't. I mean, do you think they're this is their fantasy team and they're just wheeling it? Well, I, I think I, I they clearly think that they know something that other people don't. I mean, that draft day, that the entire draft was that that theme of we know stuff that that all these other people don't know. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll see if it happens. But that that the Rieger trade and Smith Marset leaving doesn't really bother me because Amir Smith, they were trying to pound a uh, a round peg into a square hole when it came to a punt returner with Amir Smart Smith Marset. I don't know if Rieger Rieger had he was a punt returner for, in Philly. I, I don't know if he's any good. No, no. Yeah, I, but I'm he, saying I don't know. I don't know if he's any good as a punt returner. But they didn't have a good punt, punt returner. Yeah. So now that, that's fine. I you know, uh, I think BC Johnson would have been a better you know if he if he hadn't gotten hurt is you know, is your fifth receiver, and then maybe you keep Smith-Marset as your sixth guy. I like the fact that they, you know, we all thought they were going to keep six receivers. They went with five. I would much rather lose, um, you know, a receiver or something than, than, than one of those five five running backs. I mean, yeah. I like that they kept, they kept good players that running back and that, that they can use now and next year. Yeah, it's it's a, a head scratcher. It just came in along, along the wire before we went on here oh, about an hour ago or so, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I just you know, I mean, I sat there, you know, we all heard the stories on draft day. There's even that that little video online of of Zimmer and Spielman laughing when when Philadelphia took uh, Rieger before and left Jefferson of open for them to change. They were kind of chuckling. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's always, it's on Twitter quite often. And I had just, so I watched him, you know, I say, okay, did the Vikings, you know, get the wrong guy? And clearly they didn't. And now they, now they have him, which is interesting. Uh, one group of head coaches slash uh, GMs will value somebody differently than another group. So I guess that's what it comes down to say. They must see something in them to make that move. I don't know how it lines up. Uh, contract wise if it's a if it's a it makes any difference a money move but uh you know you you, you talked about quasi and uh uh making moves to uh change how things are before that happened before them there's seven of the picks i read the seven of the picks from last year's 11 picks are gone from the vikings and we'll talk about that later uh because uh, they obliterated the third round for crying out loud and took, you know, got rid of three of those guys. But anyway, more on the, the other trades that happened today. That uh, here's a big one, and I know you want to talk about is cutting Armin Watts, and then uh, Vikings then trade a sixth rounder to Houston for a former second round Texans pick uh, uh, Ross Blacklock and a seventh rounder. So I mean. Obviously, when you're getting two for one there, you're uh, Armin Watts is the better player, it seems. And and he had a nice had a nice preseason, had a nice end of last year. That, that, that one's a little bit surprising to you, would you say? Yeah, I mean, that's very surprising to me because they, you know, uh, Armand Watts, I, I, I always questioned whether Armand Watts was a starting caliber. That defensive line is so thin, but I didn't question whether he was uh, he was going to be a guy that, that would make the team. Uh, you know, Blacklock is a guy that's owed like uh, I think 1.3 million this year, whereas Watts is 2.6. Maybe there's a million dollars there that that, yeah. that made a difference. I, I don't know. 
But uh, Blacklock is another guy. He's the 40th pick uh, two years ago. So it's another, just like Rieger, he's, a, he's an underachiever, hasn't done anything in his, with the team that drafted him high. So you're, you're, you're giving up. Um, you're not giving up a lot to get these guys. So the potential, they're still young. The potential is obviously there. The Vikings think that they see something in these two guys that, you know, clearly Philadelphia and Houston gave up on. Um, Houston's a train wreck. So, you know, they, they very well could be outsmarting the, uh, you know, the Texans. Um, I just, you know, Watts, again, it's like nowhere in training camp was he not running with the first team. Now that third or the second preseason game when everybody else was sitting, he was playing. And I can't remember if he played in the third preseason game. Um, but it was one of those where, yeah, he was still out there, but he was always running with the ones. Um, you know, that that unit concerned me from the start when we started talking about this stuff. It's really concerns me now because, um, you know, it's just so thin there. And uh, um, I just don't know if they have if they have the horses up, up front to, to – you know, they better hope that Phillips and uh, and Tomlinson stay healthy. And I was never big on Tomlinson the last couple of years. I didn't I didn't think he, you know, performed as well as he could. So, um, you know, those guys are are important, and they, they they're kind of they're invisible to us watching in a three four, but they're not invisible to uh, to Hicks and Kendricks and and how that defense needs to work. Yeah, you know it. it when you look at it, it sure seems like a money move. If you say it's only $1 million, I mean, how, how much is that? Hopefully there, you know, maybe that, you know, it, it, it makes me think, well, maybe these guys are playing with monopoly money and saying, you know, trying to gather a little money here, unless they've got another big move coming. You know, it's been rumored for, for how long that Anabak and Sue was on there wish list, you know, to come in and help that defensive unit. But uh, I mean, the Rager thing was, was uh, rumored yesterday. And then when I heard that it was not, going to happen. I was pleased. So I wasn't exactly happy today when I saw it right before we came on the air, but so who knows, maybe, maybe they're trying to line up some money. I saw somewhere. I thought they, they, these maneuvers that they did yesterday freed up like $6 million or something in, in cap space for them. And maybe that's, you know, you got to have some money going into the season to, to, for injuries, but, uh, and, and the players that you would sign to, to replace those, but Maybe there's maybe there's another move there. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I I wasn't big enough. I wasn't as big on Smith uh, Amir Smith Marset. You know the Rieger the Rieger uh, trade doesn't bother me. It's um, I mean um, let's face it. They're, you know their 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 receivers are three deep. I mean the, those the top three are 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 the guys. Um, beneath that, whether it was Smith Marset or it's Rieger, uh, I, you know I it doesn't it doesn't move the needle enough for me to be upset about it. In fact, that you know, maybe there's, there's potential there. They didn't give up much to get him. Um, but it's a, it's a, it is where, where it's the example is that, you know, it's, or we're a week away from the season and he'll probably practice with Kirk. Uh, or probably, probably won't practice with Kirk. He probably won't even catch a pass from, or yeah. unless it's after practice. I mean, so there, there's no chemistry and there's no work together at all there. So uh, they're, 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 these moves are, that are being made are interesting, and uh, just you wonder can he can he even give you what Smith Marset was giving you? I I don't know, but I, I'm not like outraged by that by that move. The quarterback situation, but is the one that kind of 
is okay. to me we'll, is the, we'll let you get back at that. <laughs> that's the one. That's that. That's the one where you're like, come on, yeah. Well, you know, he could have done better there. Your guy Jesse Davis got traded to Pittsburgh for a seventh rounder after losing the the uh, right guard spot apparently to uh, uh, Ed Ingram, and you know maybe that's a deal where you give a, a would be starter a chance to go you know play with somebody else at once, and but you know he's going to be a backup here. But I I don't see the the offensive line for the Vikings being so so deep that that they can throw away a guy like that a seventh you know. A seventh round, that's not a heck of a lot. Now it's it's getting seventh rounders back that you're giving up or whatever, some of these late round picks, but that's a little bit of a head scratcher for me, I guess, because I you know, Jesse uh Davis can play. Um, he did get beat out by the rookie, but you know, still you want that depth, you know, especially on the offensive line. Well, I remember you know, originally saying it was his job to lose, and he right. clearly lost it. He he lost it. Not that Ingram played you know, great. Ingram's gonna. Ingram is gonna. I think long term, Ingram was gonna be a good player. Short term, Ingram. You know, especially facing the Packers week one, Ingram is gonna struggle. Um, and I, but I think where he's different is that he's got a future. Whereas, like the, however, I mean, there's some crazy number that of guys that have played that since like 2018, 16 guys or whatever. This guy, I believe, has a, has a little bit of a future. Um, I think he'll be good. He's just going to need time to grow into it. You know, Davis, and the more you watched, you started seeing more vet days. And, and like, come on, does he need that many vet days? Was there something going on with the knee? I think that I, he, he, he seemed to play kind of straight up. He, he wasn't – he looked stiff. He looked old. Um, and, you know, I, I to me, whenever, whenever Ingram started playing more and more with the ones – and then when you got to the third preseason game and Davis was not, not only was he backup, but he was a backup at left guard. They were, so that maybe their last ditch look at him was like, well, can he help us as a, you know, all three positions and maybe tackle or whatever. Um, and they just didn't see enough. I, I do, whenever Pittsburgh, it's sort of like when New England trades for a guy or to me, when Pittsburgh takes a look at you and gets someone, um, although I do have to question when they, 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 they signed Mason Cole, which I didn't think was, a, you know, <laughs> a good player. But, you know, Pittsburgh, there's certain organizations that are a little bit a notch above people when it comes to everything that they do. And so maybe they saw something. I, I think he might be playing tackle for them. I'm not sure. Oh, it should be interesting. One other thing we might not have been thinking about uh regarding Quasi and O'Connell in, in making all these moves or, or, and, and doing so with ease, you know, I mean, they, they're, they're not holding back is the fact that they're not married to any of these guys. They didn't draft a lot of these guys. Oh. They aren't, you know, uh, if, if they don't see what they like, they, they are going to go out and get somebody and, and make a change. And that, that's, that's kind of refreshing. I think, you know, one of the things that uh, you saw, with in the later years was Rick and Zim, their relationships, you know, started deteriorating. And part of that is because maybe one, one of the guys drafted somebody wanted to hang on to him. The other guy never wanted them. And you're going to clash this way. This guy, this, you know, this is a, is a, is a kind of a new mindset for us maybe to look at at the Vikings. Whereas these guys are going to say, well, that, that guy can't play. I can find somebody better, at least pot, you know, it's, it's, it's a case of, you know what you got, so maybe something else is better. It isn't always greener on the other side, but you know maybe it's worth a worth a shot. What do you think? Well, but it's easy to do when when you're doing it to someone else's draft pick. Are they going to be able to do that to their own draft pick in two years? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's easy to get rid of Surratt, who was drafted by Rick Spielman for a 4-3 defense, or Armand Watts, who was drafted for a 4-3 defense, or Kellen Mond, who, you know, Zimmer never wanted Kellen Mond. Um, and I think Spielman, you know, looking at it um, in hindsight, I think Rick, Rick Spielman didn't realize that he and Zimmer had become a package deal. They either they sank or they swam together. And I think Rick still was still thinking that, okay, you know, uh, Zim may not want him, but this is my quarterback. This could be my quarterback of the future. That would be uh, more affordable. Um, well, it turns out that they were a package deal, which I think if he thought that, that's pretty naive because they, they were given a lot of time together. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's just my, my feeling on, on why that pick was made. I mean, that, that was a, you know, you went and you got Kirk Cousins and he cost so much of your cap and your defense needed help, and then you go get another quarterback. Um, that's the kind of move you make whenever you're Quasey and O'Connell coming in, not probably when you're Rick and and uh, and Zim with your fingernails on the you know, on the ledge and you're, you're being pulled down. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, whenever they get two years down the road and uh, uh, throw out one of their picks in the middle of the uh, – Ingram, say Ingram is turns into to Ole uh, – turns into Ole or he turns into uh, some of the other linemen that, that Spielman, you know, picked and well, they're going to be able to pull the plug on him in a year or two years. So we'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, uh, I wonder if, uh, uh, wonder if you and I are package deal if we got to sink or swim together or not, I'm not sure, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take a break on that note and, and maybe we'll find out in the next segment, but uh, come on back to Vikings territory. We're going to break down some more of this, Cut down day for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with Mark. Oh, geez. Uh, well, you know, like we we're saying, I guess we're not a package deal. Mark is gone. He's he's out of here. So we got to sink or swim with me. Good luck. Come back. Yeah. Good, oh, good luck, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't want to lead us back in, so I was like, uh, couldn't lead us in. Mark, you still you're still you're still uh, uh, got to be in your bonnet about the quarterbacks and the way uh, the the brain the brainchild there at, at TCO Performance Center uh, handled them. Uh, we got uh, both Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion were waived after three play preseason games. Mond was picked up by the Browns, Mark's team, and uh, uh, Mannion by the Seahawks. And it's kind of interesting with with Manny and I'm I'm hoping that uh, Kirk isn't for for clumped now, or he's just sad and distraught with his security blanket uh, game planner uh, no longer in the quarterback room. It's just him and Nick Mullins now, so that ought to be interesting. But anyway, uh, you, you didn't like what you saw there, and and but didn't didn't you see it coming a little bit that you know, or, or maybe you thought they had to cut someone and maybe bring them back on the practice squad or what, what did you see? How should you see at this late stage, what they should have done? First of all, Joe, how old do you have to be to say I had a B in my bonnet? Yeah. I, I, well, I don't that, that's, deny my age. I can't, I can't. That's going that. back. That's going back. Yeah, I'm with um, I, I think everyone saw that, you know, it, it's not a surprise to anyone that, neither one of these guys was going to be good enough to be your backup quarterback or the, certainly the possibility existed that the two, especially when Mannion played against the Packers and was exposed. I mean, it's, it's the Christian Ponder nightmare of, 
you know, being that distinguished, experienced guy holding the clipboard, and all of a sudden you got to play and you get exposed. Um, and, and he lead, he goes to Seattle. That Seattle didn't claim him. He he signed on Seattle's practice squad, so he he mm. he had enough of this. You know, he he, uh, he had a choice to come here or go there um, by his experience level, um, and and he signs with the their practice squad. So and Mon had no choice. He, he just got picked up, put on their fifty three. But as you know, the Browns, you know, quarterback situations a, is a nightmare that keeps on giving. Um, you know, to me, I just I just think that uh, if you're in that position, especially you're okay now. You got rid of the the hundred year old defensive guru that didn't know quarterbacks. You hired the fifteen year old offensive wizard from the Sean McVay tree. He comes in in January, February, after winning a Super Bowl. He's a former quarterback. He's going to be Kirk Cousins' security blanket. He knows everything about offense and quarterbacks. Right? That's the story. So. He shouldn't. Need, they shouldn't need up until the middle of August, and they have to make a desperation trade for Nick Mullins. I think that they should have seen something in the tea leaves or or the the film and their their instincts. If you're if you're if you're bringing in an offensive system, that's the that's we're all supposed to be you know hail the hail to the offense and the the genius offense. Then they there, there should have been another guy competing alongside these other two guys. Through through uh, through the OTAs and through mini camp and through training camp and the preseason games, not you know being. I mean, this is this is a guy that's just you know it right now is being he's huddled up in in um, in the inside the walls of TCO being taught the offense. Whenever the NFL is set up to like teach it to him, you know, throughout the off season. So that's yeah, that's that's my look at it. It's probably it may not mean anything because, you know, if if they whether it's Mannion, Mond, or Mullins, if they go from Kirk to either one, any of those guys, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be bad. It's well, just if you go to a, got a little more experience, that's you know you can you can hope that he can he can hold it together. You know, maybe if, if Kirk's out four games, go two and two until he can get back. I don't see that happening with the other two, but the, but you know, with well, his Mullins experience, the possibility yeah. exists, you know, but that possibility exists a lot better. If, if a guy like him, I'm not saying him, because, you know, like you said, you have to have a trade partner and then whatever, but someone like him, you know, I, I don't have off the top of my head, all the quarterbacks that were available that are Nick Mullins caliber back in April, but I'm not getting paid a lot of, I'm not getting paid as uh, the kind of money that these guys are getting paid to know what's out there and everything in their system and yeah. what, what they, you know, there's, there had to be someone there that could have been trained. You know, you know Mullins, you got to factor in the fact that the guy up to this point hasn't even been able to practice like the scrimmage last Thursday and the practice before that, when he first came in, he couldn't even do 11 on 11. He couldn't play in the final preseason game. Um, I mean, it, if, if an injury happens early in the year, it's going to be, I, I can't imagine how much they're going to have to boil things down to, 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 to be able to put an offense together. And maybe they were showcasing Mannion and Mons for, for, for better trade value. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I could see where, you know, Mullins, if, if you know, if you, I mean, you, you sign him for a reason, um, he doesn't need to play for you, but, but right. 
if he, if he was up, if he was up to speed in the least little bit, you would have had you would have seen him play a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, it's it's it also says to me, my God, those were our, the Vikings' two backups last year. That's what they went into the season with, you know, and we, we saw what they were made of. Well, one we never saw and the other one we saw in the Packer game, like you mentioned. So it's just another demerit for that, that previous regime. And like I said earlier, seven of their 11 picks from last season are gone. You know, uh, the, uh, the, uh, um, Kwesi KLC crew are, are going to remake this team in their own image, whatever, not in their own image, but in, in make it the team that they want. And, um, not you've got me a little bit concerned that it might be just a little bit too wacky, man. There, it, it's you know my head was spinning a little bit today just because almost like on draft day, like are they going to pick now? They're going to trade? No, they're going to do this? Are they going to do that? Do you think they're done? Do you think there's they got more stuff in mind? Do you think uh, Nagama Kinsu is on the horizon? Do you think they are looking for another backup quarterback? I don't know that you would need another. I would certainly hope they're going to draft a, a young quarterback next year pretty high and try to do something in that regard well you know i would think that um you know their practice squad right now has 12 players on it i would think that there's going to be a quarterback added to the practice squad i'm not sure yeah by the time this comes out maybe he'll already be there um won't be certainly won't be anybody uh that great but you you know you're going to want to have a third quarterback i think uh practicing with you so um you know the I would expect that, um, you know, Kirk, you know, Kirk, the perception on Mannion changed, obviously, just like, uh, you know, when he went into last season, um, he's your backup. And obviously when Kirk's making that kind of money, uh, and you got some veteran guys on, on your team that, you know, it's, this is, it was a, as, as Zimmer was saying last year, it was a star laden team with a lot of top heavy and Spielman too, top heavy financially, and there just wasn't money left to have a you know right, Steve, right. Steve Young Jr. Uh, as your backup quarterback, so Mannion was the guy, and and Mannion at that point was, you know, we're probably thinking, okay, you know, you can you know win a game here and there with Mannion. Well, you, know, you get down to Green Bay, and Kirk has COVID, and and Mannion has to play, and it was a disaster. He had they they had no chance with winning that game with him at quarterback. Uh, it was it was it was awful. Uh, now, and, and now you got to figure Kirk. Uh, when he missed the first preseason game, I said, "Why well, Kirk's missed uh, two of two of the last three games with uh, with COVID?" So yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe Kirk maybe Kirk has got now, who knows if he'd have played in that game, but uh, you know, for the first first team line, maybe uh, he would have played, but he's got um, COVID. So yeah, so yeah, maybe you know, maybe Kirk's not done with COVID. I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny you should say it. Uh, I saw a tweet from Paul Charchian from KFAN uh, the other day who said uh, the, what, what uh, uh, cost Zimmer and Spielman their jobs was not the Kirk contract as much as it was the inability to hit on third and fourth round picks to, that you could put around him that would play and that would contribute. And that makes a lot of sense. If you're going to spend that much money on one position, you better hit on those early rookie con, you know, players who have the rookie contracts that have to, that, that you can build around that team because you don't have enough money to go otherwise. And, and that makes a lot of sense that, you know, especially the way you see this last draft that they just have decimated. 
Any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's you know, if you if you hit on young cheap players, you're gonna it's gonna be to your advantage. Um, you know, I I always said that, that Kirk, you know, uh, he's getting less and less over overpaid as as, uh, as as more and more guys sign. But you know, I just I when they gave that contract to him, I saw I saw him as a guy that he's a good he's a good good quarterback, but he's he's good as your team is he's as good as your team is. Whereas the guys that make that kind of money uh, are the guys that, you know, like uh, when their left tackle doesn't play the whole year or, or they change receivers or they, you know, they lose a center and a tackle, they keep it going. They, 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 they cover up deficiencies and, and, and losses at other areas where I just don't see that with Kirk. I mean, but, and that, but that's not, you know, that's just, well, I will say that if the, if this team stays if it if they stay healthy, Joe, that's the first one. Um, if they stay healthy, you know, in the line, yeah, you know, Ed Ingram. A lot of ifs here. If Ed Ingram is and Bradbury can hold their own, um, you know, Kirk Cousins is more than capable of, of winning games. It's just that he needs he can't have anything go wrong around him uh, to significantly wrong around him. It's just that. He hasn't proven to be that guy that grabs the team and and leads leads them through uh, injuries and all kinds of chaos. One 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 more note, just to put in context, maybe one last knock on Zimmer and Spielman. Uh, I saw a, a, a stat that the Cleveland Browns have not waived one of their draft picks in the last three rounds or last three drafts twenty. 2020, 2021, and 2022 as far as cutdown days. Now, now, granted, they probably maybe had higher picks than Spielman and Zimmer. I don't know, or whatever, over those years. But uh, that's that's pretty impressive that they're still hanging on to them and not uh, not seeing what we just saw happen today. You know. Well, but that 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 regime's had three drafts, right? They've yeah. So yeah, it's 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 apples and oranges because you're talking about a totally different um, defensive system, a, 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 t- a totally different defense, uh, an offensive guy coming in uh, and a new GM. Uh, yeah. They're, they're going to come in and the pantry's good. They're going to be throwing stuff out the door. Whereas, you know, like the Browns are, are not going to say, Oh, you know, the, you know, we picked these guys last year. Let's get rid of them, you know, because they have a system and a, what they're looking for. And, um, oh, fine. The hell with it then. What I like about what the Browns did last year, though, or was it two? No, it was um, uh, Stefanski's first year. You know, they 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 really went and married the draft to the uh, to free agency, and and their offensive line overnight, you know, became uh, uh, powerful, uh, like a throwback power where you can run the ball, and then you can throw the ball. That's that's how it works in the NFL. I know we're not supposed to say that. But uh, if you can control the game. And then they had that offensive line and got rid of Baker Mayfield, who said he's going to kill the Browns. Well, I, yes. Uh, if he, if he said that, that's all. Uh, I would, yeah, I, I'm staying away from that game as a survivor pick, but, but I, I feel like just taking one, just putting the one on the Panthers because I, I just know, I know what's going to happen in that game. Yeah. Um, looking at, I mean, just looking at the roster a little bit, you, you touched on earlier, they got five receivers and and five running backs. That was a big deal. Everybody was wondering what they were going to do with running back situation because, you know, you got Dalvin cook, 
and you got the real very capable backup in Alexander Madison, and you've got uh, Kanae Nwangu, which we were all excited about last year. And then all of a sudden, Tyler Chandler comes. Ty Chandler comes in there and just excites the heck out of everybody. So that that uh, that's great that they have five running backs. Is that is there a, is and then they have CJ Ham, right? He's the fifth guy. Is that in in that? Yeah, list? they got so yeah four running backs and a fullback. They, that can't stay that way going forward, can it? I mean, eventually something's going to have to break. Now, I guess Madison's contract is up next year, so maybe you just wait for that and don't get any compensation for him, or do you think about trading him, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you mean stay like that as far as next year? Five, yeah, five, five. Yeah, I, you know, I. who knows? What, I mean, running backs are – they're the shelf life of the running back is yeah. – I mean, it's like compared to all the other positions is like is minimal. I mean – well, they're not going to uh, play them all. Well, I, I would I would find ways to get the speed on the field. I and Dalvin Cook certainly does not need to be. Dalvin Cook is at his best when he's fresh, and he's uh, doesn't have any aches and I mean, he's going to get something. You know, he's going to get he's each year he's gotten something. Uh, chest, shoulder, uh, his legs. Uh, um, he tore his ACL that, that first year. That was you know. You better be get some touchdowns on my fantasy team, Dan. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I would be looking at, uh, I would get these other guys some time. I mean, I know that last year, uh, Nwangu got, he probably got like 15 carries, whatever it was. I'm not saying spread it real way out, but, um, you know, and going forward with these guys, you know, Madison's in a contract year. Um, you know, Cook's going to be another year older. Um, you got you got analytics guys, and I'm sure analytics is goes crazy uh, around the running back position as you get older. Uh, it's like when someone in the training camp said "Happy Birthday, Dalvin," I was like, you, you shouldn't say that to an NFL running back because that's <laughs> like that's got to be the worst day of the year for an NFL running back is is another birthday. Um, so yeah, I I don't see you know the way it's set up now. It's you, you don't see Madison getting a big contract. I don't think you know Dalvin gets a, another big contract, it's the circle of life. <clears throat> and those are five really good players. And uh, to me, you don't get rid of a really good player to keep a sixth receiver that's yeah, it's nobody. Right. Um, so uh, you like f- keeping the five running backs, and I think we can yeah. safely say that maybe we consider the – Wide receiver is a pretty strong position with those top three, and and uh, Rieger maybe if he pans out, and and Naylor, uh, he, who's their draft pick, so they're not going to get rid of him. Um, you got Zach Davidson and Nick Muse who are cut. Nick Muse was brought back in the practice squad, which is a good thing, but he's also somebody they drafted. Um, do you think they're a little uh, uh, thin at tight end now, just with uh, the ever injured? Uh, Irv Smith and uh, Johnny Munt behind him, and then you guys, suppose you got Nick on the practice squad. What do you think of that position? Yeah, that's a, that's the other one that we've talked about, and that, I see that similar to the quarterback uh, position. You know, um, Irv was coming off a, a year where he missed the entire season, and you you bring in Johnny Munt as your only, you know, you bring him in as kind of your your second tight end. Well, you know, Ir, Irv. His knee looked okay, but then he, he hurts his thumb. So um, I think there should have been more people brought in there. You know, because Johnny Munt is not a receiving. They say that he is the has the the skill set to be uh, a, a, a 
more of a receiving tight end. And, um, but, I mean, the track record is like 10 catches in his career. Um, I don't see him as, your, as a bona fide receiving tight end. If Irv Smith is not able to go or if Irv Smith keeps getting hurt, um, you know, they'll be, they won't be NFL caliber at tight at, at starting tight end. I would think that uh, Zach Davidson's got to be get picked up by somebody. He's a monster and he can move. Now he's not the greatest pass catcher, in the world, but you know, something like that, you'd maybe hopefully can block for you and then catch the surprising pass every once in a while. But uh, we'll see what happens to him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't buy this, how, how fast he was, you know, that, that, that said there's a narrative that got going. We kind of joke about, you know, they would drop the pass and say, well, he's going too fast. He's got to slow down. He's getting, he can't see the ball. He's going 200 miles an hour. Um, oh, cynical reporters. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely he came in as a string bean guy and put on weight and, uh, looked, you know, it looked like he had potential. Uh, but Muse, here's a good example. Muse is their guy. Davidson is not their guy. Uh, Muse dropped as many balls, if not more. I mean, uh, how, how many did he drop in that final preseason game? Two or three? Uh, yeah. Um, but he's their project tight end, whereas Davidson, uh, and I don't know, I didn't see if he got picked up anywhere, but you know, he's not done playing. He'll, he'll be somewhere. Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I came in today as a string bean, so I need to go take a break and bulk up and eat some food. So we, we better on that note. Mankato Brewery will help you uh, bulk up. There you go. That's that's where I'll go next, maybe. All right, come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, Mark, uh, Vikings lost a couple guys in that in that exciting preseason game they they ended up with. You know, it uh, as you had commented to me offline about the most exciting thing for you was the seventy-two yard punt uh, down to the two-yard line by. I don't even can't remember the punter's name, but that was a monster punt. But uh, uh, lost BC Johnson to a torn ACL and Ty McGill. I didn't. They're both on the IR, and I, I didn't even see what happened to him. I, I, maybe it was something that happened in practice, and he just wasn't playing. I, I don't know. It's too bad for for both of them because they were having decent camps, and uh, you know they had talked about. Uh, you know, Kirk was talking about BC Johnson for part of the summer about, you know, connecting with him. And then Ty McGill comes in and has uh, 3.5 sacks in two games and uh, doesn't play in the last one. I mean, I think we're all looking forward to see what he could do in the regular season, but it uh, looks like they're done. That's kind of bad news. Well, McGill played, I believe. He got hurt early in the game, I believe. Uh, hurt his ankle, which oh, yeah, is, it was kind of sad. I, I really liked his story, and I wrote a story about him just what the preseason games mean him because we all sit around, we whine about the, the the NFL boring us for three or a total of nine hours a year. We get, we we're so offended by, and I'm as guilty as anyone of like, Oh, you know, they have preseason games. Yeah. And this is a guy who's made a living. He stayed in the NFL. Uh, he's with, he had been cut like 12 times. He's, he's worn like seven different numbers. Uh, he's just bounced around from this team to that team um, because of, you know, if you look at him, he looks too short. He doesn't look big enough. But when the preseason, when you can actually play live, you know, to the ground, tackling, football, um, going after the quarterback, people try to compare like, oh, well, they had practices against the 49ers. Well, 
Yeah, that's a little different, but it's not like a preseason game where you can actually bring the quarterback down. You can, you can go full speed on everything football related. Well, that's how that guy made his living, um, staying in the league as long as he has. Um, you know, my thing was I talked to him on the Thursday scrimmage. He comes off and we had talked after the game and I said, you know, make them keep you because I just I like his story. And he's like, always, always. And he's always oh, got that great motor going and then he gets hurt. Well. A guy like that what can't weather. Yeah, I know. So I, at least I didn't say break a leg and he breaks his air. <laughs> um, I would never say that to an NFL guy. <clears throat> um, but, you know, a guy like that can't weather the an, any kind of injury, you know, that's going to put him uh, – you can't be on the 53 at, at, if you're at that level uh, of you can't? where he he's was. You can't on the 53? I thought he, he, he goes on IR, so he's on the 53. Well, no, they, no, no. They, the active fifty-three. He's oh. on injured reserve. He'll probably be. I mean, you can. With the, with, yeah, yeah. With the you're not on the fifty-three. You're on injured reserve. But right. the injured reserve rules are so so much more relaxed now. That you can be brought in and out. Yeah. Um, more than you ever could before. That was a season-ending injury at one point, and then it was like you can bring one guy back, and then you know, I'm not sure what the rule is now, but you can bring more guys back. Uh, uh, just like the practice squad, there's 10 or 16 spots, but, you know, six of them can be, you know, veterans. I mean, Adrian Peterson was on the practice squad in Tennessee last year. So uh, the rules have changed quite a bit. And then BC Johnson is uh, what a shame. I mean, he's a great guy, great kid. Um, Works comes, comes back and then he tears the other ACL. So um, I guess to, to certain guys, um, as hard as they work, their, their ligaments just aren't, designed to do this job and it certainly looks like that for him Teddy now Bindler. yeah so you know who's to say he can come back i frankly when these guys when you get stories like this and a guy blows out you, know, you blow out one one year and you rehab it and then you blow out the other one you got to rehab it um i know they're getting paid a lot uh it's their job but it's still got to be unbelievably hard to stay focused and keep coming back like the guys do and i hope he does come back and he plays because i think he's he he would have been their fourth best receiver um certainly would have made that top five top six they probably would have kept six if it was him um so shame it's a it's a terrible shame for him who is that running back the vikings had that uh terry uh came back from two first guy to ever come back from two torn acls yeah terry allen i believe he, terry allen yeah. terry allen Went on to play for the Redskins or the Washington right. football team. Yes. Who were known as that other name. So, um, yeah, it's too bad. You know, I hope he can come back. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, he came back from one. So hopefully he'll do the work again. Just go talk to Adrian Peterson. Um, any uh, thoughts on the practice squad? I mean, I can run down the list of names real quick uh, Tristan Jackson, Nick Muse, Perry. Barry Nickerson, which everybody thought they should have gotten rid of the cornerback. Uh, Bryant Colback, another running back. Miles Dorn, who had a good game in that third preseason game. He was uh, sticking his nose in there and making some plays. William Cohen, I'm not even going to try it. TJ Smith, Jalen Twyman, Josh Sokol. Many people will be happy because it's almost got Skull in his name. Kyle Hinton and Chiz, Chizina, Chizina and Janarius Robinson. So that that's the practice squad. Now you were saying earlier that probably would add a quarterback to. Uh, to yeah, that. I would. I would think you because you get you have 
four more spots. Uh, I certainly would. I would want another quarterback on there because Kyle Sloter. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, in Cleveland in nineteen eighty eight, they went through um, five quarterbacks, four quarterbacks. Um, they went into the. They actually made the playoffs, and ever uh, you might have. It was national news, obviously, because they made the playoffs. And uh, Don Strzok, uh they brought him off the beach uh, in December to play a few games. And I, I don't know if he played the, the playoff game or not, but I know he played a game to help them get into the playoffs. And here's this guy in Cleveland Stadium with snow flying around, and he's got this this tan, like uh, you know, uh, you know, like you just come off the beach, which he literally did. It just come off the beach a little bit earlier. Um, so yeah, you, you, you need more than, then than Kirk cousins and a guy who just showed up, uh, I think uh, in your quarterback room. Yeah. We'll see what happens that, uh, you know, it, the practice squad is so flexible these days and, you know, any, anybody, these guys can get signed off the roster and, and make their roster. You know, we were talking about, uh, guys making the team. I remember, uh, when, when they get injured, we we're talking with, with Ty McGill. Uh, I remember it in Mankato, uh, uh, well, some guy got hurt and Mike Tice was the head coach and just walked up to him as he was laying there and says, well, congratulations. You made the team. Cause he, he had really screwed up some leg or he knew he was injured for the year, you know? And so they, they make the team, you know, they're, they're getting, yeah, paid. They, they're getting paid. Yeah. the, uh, the language is a little, a little more colorful from Tice. Uh, what kind of, what kind of team he, that the guy made, that was, uh, the, um, Oh, he was a local guy. Uh, Ryan Hoagie, maybe or something. Oh yeah, I don't. Know. Uh, yeah, he uh, he was lay writhing in pain in the end zone, and Tice walked up. Congratulations! Just loud enough for us to hear. Tice was an entertainer. I, yeah, you got. I I appreciated that about him because he uh, he didn't do much uh, that wasn't programmed in his head till for for the audience, and he we were standing there, and he said it loud enough for it made the effing team. So yeah, um, poor yeah, poor kids like in pain, excruciating pain. Uh, but he made the team. So. Yep, he's going to get paid. Uh, Mark, you know, you talked a lot about uh, all the moves Kwesi uh, was making, like Mick Jagger, moves like Jagger. There, there's a, a pop culture reference for you. And uh, you think he's got any more in him? Gut, gut feeling, you think they're done? Or are they, are they uh, trying to work themselves up to make it another signing here before the season starts? Well, you know, I, I, I question whether he'll uh, – can, can – uh, resist the urge to keep looking and keep tinkering and, and move. And um, I would say up to this, you know, when they start next week, you know, you know, I, I you know, they'll be pretty locked in. I think by the time they get to get to Monday when they practice, but uh, you know, over the weekend, who knows? Uh, I would think that everything would, you know, your all the moves that you're going to make are, are out there right now and then make it today and you make it tomorrow and then, give all the reporters the weekend off, you know, so, but that usually doesn't happen. I know they're concerned so, about the reporters. That's important. Yes. Uh, well, it's a kinder, gentler uh, TCO now, Joe. They, they, yeah. exactly. they love us, Joe. They love us. Well, looking ahead to the regular season, I saw a stat reported where the Vikings, this Vikings team in this preseason have the least amount of playing time in the field of any team for their starters of any team. Zero? Uh, it wasn't zero, but I mean, uh, they've, they have. All of them together? Little, what? All of them together, zero. 
No, no, not not that. I mean, just total reps, you know, for for the starters on the field. So they haven't they haven't got a lot. They haven't tried a lot of guys out there uh, that we were looking at. Most of the guy, a lot of the guys we saw are either on the practice squad or gone. So are they ready for the Packers? I mean, uh, they got these two weeks here now to get to get ready and to get to know each other. And Nick Mullins to wrap that security blanket around Kirk Cousins and and hopefully has a protection so he doesn't get injured. Uh, you think they're ready to take on the Packers who have a, a t- uh, don't have a new system in place? They who've got their coaches been there for a long time and their quarterbacks been there. They've got some new receivers they're adjusting to, but you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little concerned. I, I think they're going to be dang rusty. They might be fired up, but, uh, and I know Zadarius Smith's going to want to put, put one on uh, Aaron Rodgers. At least uh, he knows everybody else wants him to, so he's going to try, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I worry about this offense uh, clicking for the first uh, quarter and a half come uh, Sunday well the offense and the defense I mean the defense you know this is a new it's a new defense um you know you can sit here and and say yes no maybe but um they say that you know that just flat out last Thursday said hey you know the old way is for other other teams and and O'Connell said you know if you practice a certain way that that's it's good for you to to you know to ease your way into the into the season by playing a little bit in each preseason game and he just flat out said, "We don't, we don't do it that way. We have a different system." They did it um, like that in in L.A. last year, isn't that right? Hard? Yeah. Well, they they did it different in L.A. and they played no one. It's basically a carbon copy of what happened in Minnesota this year. Um, you know, quarterback, the new quarterback in a new system didn't start. Uh, all the star players didn't play. Uh, they went zero and three. They averaged like twelve points a game. Third play of the game uh, against well, first of all, the Bears win the win the toss or the Bears end up with the ball first. You know uh, the the Rams intercept them. Three plays later, uh, Stafford throws a sixty-seven yard touchdown pass. He passes for three hundred and some yards. They blow the Bears out by twenty points. They go on to seven-one start. So did the, did the preseason mean anything to them? No, of course not. Um, so this is a talented team. Um, and they, they should be really happy that they're that they they're the only person that they lost uh, is BC Johnson. Um, you know, Irv Smith uh, is on schedule, I guess, to come back for the for the opener. So, yeah, I mean, like like Kevin O'Connell said, we can sit here and say we can guess, but we'll find out. Yeah, my guess is with a new coaching staff and an all the new system, the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers and it's a um, you say that their coach has been around a long time. He's going into his fourth season, which in the NFC North makes you the the, the grizzled old veteran. Yeah. Um, they've won 13 games three straight years. You know, I I don't think they're they're on par with where the Packers are. But what could um, level the playing field is the playing field of where it's at. I mean, um, I think Vikings fans are are going to be like coming out of their skin, excited to finally see. Um, you know, th- this, this, this fan base was ready for a change. They're, they got the change that I think that they want um, with it being offensive. Um, they're excited to see this and it's going to, it's a, it's a little bit later in the afternoon. So more drinking time for the Vikings fans. So that could be, you know, uh, could level things out, but uh, I don't think that they're ready right now to stand toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. but, 
Kevin O'Connell said, we'll see. We'll see at 325 on September 11th. Well, it'll be fun to, uh, uh, be fun to, uh, for that game to happen. I won't make you give us your prediction yet. We'll save that for next week until, so people come back and see, cause I know they want to know what, what the grizzled old veteran, uh, why oh, yeah. Mark Craig has to say about the Vikings, so, and we often may, might have to make some. Well, we got to make our predictions the you know for each game because you know as you recall, I I won last year and won that coveted Mankato beer. Uh, that was a playoff. You, you picked all the favorites. Well, you know, hey, I no, I picked the winners, Mark. I picked the winners. I didn't pick all the favorites. You were, yeah, you were boring. Yes, that boring, boring. But my thirst was. <laughs> With a mad butcher from Mankato. So yeah, you you were like Zim. You know, just run the ball, you know, <laughs> predictable. So uh we'll do that next week. Among other things, there's probably gonna be more stuff to talk about this team. Quasi can't uh Quasi uh can't can't uh you know put that phone down. He's gotta keep making calls. And so it'll be fun to watch this team. It's a whole new ball game out there at TCO, and I'm excited to see it, just like you were just saying. So Thanks for uh, thanks, Mark, for for your insight. Uh, thanks, uh, Mike Waldem, our producer behind the scenes, for putting the show on. And thanks uh, to all you folks for listening and checking us out each week. Hope you'll be back. And uh, thanks to Joe Johnson who created this whole thing. So, as Joe would say every time, in some strange way that I don't say, but I will try this time. He would say, "Skull."